Welcome, everybody, to an abbreviated edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast this week. This is Jay Kokorowski, live not from Beer Rock, but from my home office. You may hear my twin boys in the background. It's Friday afternoon. We are less than, it's almost about an hour away, actually, from my book signing for Walk On This Way. I will put this up, hopefully, immediately after I record. And with that, hopefully, you guys can get down there. Uh, again, 7-Eleven, State Street, 4 to 5 p.m. I'll be signing Walk On This Way, the ongoing legacy of the Wisconsin football walk-on tradition. And uh, lots to get into today. We're just going to do a, an Illinois preview. We're not going to look back, really, on the Michigan game. It's a little late. Uh, that's what happens when you don't have uh, when you preempt uh, a live podcast recording. And obviously, it was a good call by Beer Rock as, as they are. We'll be back hopefully next week or the week after, depending upon if the Brewers make it to the World Series. But we will let you know ASAP when that happens. So uh, let's uh, just real quick uh, talk about Illinois. Uh, and looking at, let's talk Wisconsin first. Uh, this is a matchup, obviously, Wisconsin number 23 in the AP poll, and they are taking on an Illinois squad that is 3-3, three 1-2 and three, one and two in the Big Ten. And really, it uh, looking at Wisconsin first, look at the injury report, and you guys make sure you guys go to Bucky's fifth quarter. When you guys take a look at that, uh, you will see the updated injury report if you take a look. Four defensive backs are questionable. That is Dakota Dixon, Scott Nelson, Reggie Pearson, and then Fahan Hicks, along with Bradrick Shaw. Both Travian Blaylock, who's a reserve cornerback used mostly in special teams the first four games of the season. He is uh, essentially a, yeah, I would say, uh, obviously uh, he is out for the game. And then Isaiah Loudermilk is also out for the second consecutive contest. So... Uh, Wisconsin will have to rely on its young defensive line again with two redshirt freshmen, probably Matt Henningsen. And you have the fact that we have Caden Lyles opposite them with senior Olive Sangapolu in the middle. And it is a matchup there where, I mean, like the injury report's big on that note. And it is, it's, it, you know, you're going in and facing an Illinois team that really they should go and win this game. You look at the stats, and I got the stats right here. You go to Bucky's fifth quarter. We just pub- we had published two things this week, one with the Raul uh, Rodriguez from the Champagne Room, had a great insight into what uh, Illinois has done this year and what's looked good, what's looked bad. And then this morning, on Friday morning, we published kind of a getting to know, kind of a full fuller preview where we kind of break down really just the stats, uh, who who to watch for and whatnot. So, I mean, look at the stats for Illinois. They're, they're both on offense and defense. Just not great outside of a couple of key things. Uh, just uh, looking at their the, kind of the four to five major categories, they are basically on offense 86th or worse in four out of the five major categories, in my opinion. Total offense, they're 86th in the nation. Uh, scoring, they're tied for 93rd, only less than 26 points per contest. Uh, passing wise, only 155 yards, it's 116th. And then third down conversions, they're only 34 point, 34.5 percent there and it's 108th in the nation so uh not great the one big call out there on offense the rushing they depend upon that 229 yards per game essentially 228.8 if you want to be precise that is tied for 22nd in the nation and they are very much uh you know you take a look at who who leads them and that's you have reggie corbin mike epstein both averaging a great great number of carries right there are Great average overall. Taking a look, uh, 522 yards, almost 1,000 yards uh, between those guys, uh, about 926. Uh, they average either 7.4 yards per carry, like Corbin, or Epstein is 6.8. Almost a pretty nice one there, if I do say so myself. And so they're pretty much a potent one-two punch in that backfield. They have a combined 
eight touchdowns amongst themselves there. Uh, A.J. Bush is their quarterback. Uh, he started four to the six games, uh, including the last two. Not necessarily great stats on that end. And the receiving game, like I said, only 155 yards passing. So that depleted secondary or that seemingly depleted secondary is may get a little bit of a reprieve this week. And you just heard right there, that was my... Uh, one of my twin boys over there, I think it was uh, Samuel, uh, at, talking real quickly there. So, yes, it's a family podcast. Uh, trust me on that. But, no, we got a – you're looking ahead uh, with the defense then, right? It is, again, um, let's talk the good, the positive with that with Illinois. I mean, they lead the Big Ten in turnovers. They're 12th nationally, about 2.17 per contest. Interceptions, 1.83, that's fourth nationally, second in the Big Ten, and their 11 interceptions all around is tied for fifth in the nation. So uh, you got to watch for guys like Jartavius Martin and also Delshawn Phillips. They both have three apiece. So, so they, they're aggressive, and, and you'll hear from A.J. Taylor in just a little bit. We're going to play interviews from David Edwards and also A.J. Taylor from this week and kind of just breaking down what they saw, you know, what they see out of Illinois, along with other things too. So uh, you'll hear that in just a few minutes here on Bucky's fifth podcast, but you know, going back to the other defense, I mean, outside of turnovers and playing aggressive, I mean, this defense has given up a lot of yardage, almost 505 yards per contest. It's 124th in the nation. Uh, they're giving up almost 32 points a game, 31.5. That's tied for 95th. And then their rush defense. I mean, they're giving up over 200 yards per game. And as I told Jason Galloway on his red zone podcast, really this is, the offensive line should really be salivating and really getting excited for the simple fact that they're going to have the ability to probably to run the ball down Illinois' net, you know, throat, and we'll see if they can capitalize upon that. Uh, passing defense, uh, 305.2 yards per game. That's 125th in the nation. And third down conversions, they're 72nd. That's one of the better one, uh, things. They, they allow 39% of their opponents of opponents to, to convert on their third downs. So, we will see what Wisconsin can do. Obviously, Wisconsin's 44% for this season after an abysmal 2 of 11 against Michigan. And we'll see. I mean, the key for Wisconsin's offense, and, and you know, not to go back and take a look at how bad the, the offense could have been, you know, how now could have been, but was at times against the Wolverines. And for a good chunk of that game, especially the passing game, you know, they have to convert those third downs. They have to move the chains. That's a key. It's cliche in football. I know, man, guys, gals, everybody it's cliche, but it's really true with Wisconsin's offense. And, and I think really that was a key where they just couldn't stand the field and that defense just wore down. You saw that in the fourth quarter as well in that game uh, last weekend. So, uh, what we'll do right now, let's get to David Edwards. Uh, I had a great conversation with him talking about just how uh, last, you know, what happened last week, what they saw, what they learned, uh, what they're planning on, and what they see out of Illinois, along with a couple of fun questions. So you'll hear that too. And then uh, we'll get back into doing some uh, the recruiting report that we have out uh, on Bucky's fifth quarter. I'll kind of detail that real quick, and then you'll hear AJ Taylor, and we'll we'll send you on your way, and hopefully uh, enjoy a little bit of tailgating early on Saturday. But without further ado, here's. Right tackle David Edwards here on Bucky's fifth podcast. We're here with right tackle David Edwards. You've had four out of your first six games be at night, and you get an 11 o'clock game. What is the feeling of actually playing in the morning now rather than playing at night? So personally, this is one of my all-time favorite things. I love playing at 11 a.m. Because all you have to do is you wake up, you shower, you eat, you head over to the stadium and then it's you play you know what I mean instead of like a night game where you're you know you wake up at later in the day where when you would be playing at 11 a.m. and then you're kind of just sitting around you're a little anxious and then you kind of go to the stadium and it's like let's play you know so 11 a.m. you wake up it's right away I love it I mean I was uh with like 
maybe a homecoming question. What's what's the best going back to home high school homecoming? What's the best uh-huh. outfit you had when you for you know like going to a high school homecoming with it being Wisconsin's homecoming week this week? Outfit being like just talks and like what was your what was your outfit for for the high school for your senior high school homecoming? I wore a navy suit, um, white dress shirt and a pink tie. My girlfriend uh, wore a pink dress, I believe. So I look, I look solid. Styling. <laughs> yeah, styling. You got to match it. You got to match it. Yeah. Accessorize. Yeah. Uh, what does homecoming week mean to you when it comes to just, I mean, I know it's different compared to high school or whatnot, but I know some alumni come back and whatnot, but what, what is it like, uh, you know, what does Wisconsin homecoming mean to you? It, to me, it's kind of like um, – I would compare it to when the 93 team came back. You know, it's kind of like that aura of, people, you know, people that have played here and been here before coming back to, to watch us. And it's like there's just a, something different around the campus, the buzz. And, um, you know, I, I felt that against Nebraska, you know, the, just that entire week feeling like, you know, there's just this different energy around campus and, um, and excitement, you know what I mean? So it's cool. Not, not, not to dwell too much on last week, but you're looking back on the film against Michigan. I know it was a tough go in Ann Arbor, but what were some of the things that you, you learned in the process? I know we talked last week and you had mentioned just the, the defense and what they do with pressure and whatnot, but what were some of the things that you learned from that tape? Yeah, I, I thought that uh, as an offensive line, I thought that particularly protection-wise um, and in the run game, um, there are a few miscommunications that kind of set us back. Uh, you know, we had one where, um, you know, a running back didn't get a call. We had one where I didn't get a call late in the game. Um, things that just little things that make a huge difference, as simple as communication, that can really set you back. Instead of you know, second and six or second and five, it's first or second and twelve. Things like that, or you know, third huge third down coming off of a score seven seven give up a sack you know what I mean on third down we're off the field so doing the little things that really take no effort or no talent really well that gets us in good positions to be successful you mentioned third down I mean it's, I know it's big for you guys and with the offense and I, it's it's almost cliche with football wise just because obviously you convert on third downs you're gonna keep moving the ball and wearing opponents down and whatnot but how critical is it to this team do you feel this season uh, just you know obviously with the offense and keeping it going and then also you know helping out the defense as well yeah I think it's huge just because um, you know last year in particular we were pretty effective on third down and in the red zone and I think that like you said we need to be effective on third down to keep the chains moving to move the football to flip the field to put our defense in good positions to put points on the board like it all matters and adds up Um, and I think that you know Alex and the wide receivers and the tight ends are doing a really good job of putting us in good positions um, in third down. But I think, you know, collectively it takes all of 11 of the guys, you know, pass protection, running backs, picking up, you know, the communication, you know, great throws and great catches. It all adds up, and I think um, every every job matters. Uh, now you're facing Illinois now. Uh, and, uh, they're 3-3. Three and three. Looking at defensive stats, it's not necessarily uh, on paper. It doesn't look like a – you know they're giving up yardage and points and giving them almost two yard, 200 yards rushing per game 300 through the air but they also lead the, the, i think the big 10 in turnovers and, and takeaways just what do you see on film from them and what what pops out especially with them having that ability to to take a ball away yeah 
I think if you look at the film that we put um, against them last year, uh, you know, we struggled moving the ball um, in the run game and in the pass game. And I think that <clears throat> this year in particular, it's going to be really uh, a really cool challenge just to be able to, to move the football um, running on first and second down and then being effective on third down. I think they got really talented players. Um, I, th I don't think that their record really shows how good of a team they are. I think they're a really, really good team. And last question for you, when it comes to uh, you guys walk out, I see you guys coming in through the arches, you know, before game day. Yeah. Who's the best dressed? Right there, Jake Ferguson. No, no question about it. No question, Jake's got the best. <laughs> the best. So he's got. Uh, I, personally, I think it's a pretty swaggy look. He wears. They're not capris, but they're like kind of a little shorter at the bottom. Wears no socks and has like these loafers that are pretty cool. I think it's solid. <laughs> Welcome back again to Bucky's Fifth Podcast, Jake Kukorowski. Once again, that was David Edwards, right tackle, and we're just moving right along in this abbreviated edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. And hopefully next week we'll be back at Beer Rock, twenty nine eleven North Sherman Avenue, Avenue. Some of the the best dessert I've had in quite a while. That caramel apple Beer Rock, I, I, I long for it. I miss it. I usually have my weekly caramel apple Beer Rock right after the show, along with a nice beer. They have one of twenty four both within the city, within the state, and, and then beyond the borders of the Badger State. So really, uh, go down to Beer Rock, 2911 North Sherman Avenue. Hopefully next Tuesday, if not next Tuesday, uh, we'll, we'll make sure that we bust out and we, we let you guys know immediately after when, when the new shows will be up. So uh, with with the game, too, we, you're talking a little bit. You know, Let me just preface, too. Hopefully I'll get a podcast up in the next couple of days, too, just talking basketball media day. We had a lot of fun talking to some players, talked to Brad Davidson, Kobe King, Ethan Happ, Brevin Pritzel with his Christian Yelich jersey on uh, with while watching the Brewer game over the scoreboard. A lot of fun there. But uh, So hopefully I'm going to get to you guys' uh, podcast in the next couple of days, hopefully Sunday maybe, just breaking down what uh, just what we heard and whatnot. The red and white scrimmage, for, for those that know, that is going on this week. Uh, this Sunday, 3.30 is the tip. And uh, just making sure that you guys check that out because, I mean, I think this team's going to be – I'm not saying like – top 10 special because I don't uh, I am not necessarily the best basketball guy and that's, I'm being completely honest and I'm always an honest man I, I, I try to be uh, but I am just saying that uh, it is a you really you know want to make sure that uh, it, it's a you know like I think this team can be being honest I think they'll, they'll be a lot better than last year I think Trice and King coming back are going to be huge and I think everyone's a year older and Brad Davidson hasn't doesn't have just one arm to play with. So again, three thirty, Cole Center doors open at two, and uh, we'll have a lot of fun there. So uh, hopefully we'll be there at Bucky's fifth uh, for Bucky's fifth quarter. And uh, now, other than that, uh, let's just uh, roll into talking. Oh, sorry, that was a deep breath right there. Talking in uh, some recruiting uh, for this weekend for Wisconsin football. So there's going to be at least one confirmed official visit. That's from Rutgers linebacker commit Mohamed Toure. Hopefully I pronounced it correctly. Apologies if I did not. Uh, he committed to Rutgers back on the 30th. He's a three-star linebacker. 24/7 Sports calls him an outside or inside linebacker, and Rivals notes him as a two-star. That's an outside linebacker. So he's got about 16, 17 hour uh, offers, depending upon who you really prefer for the recruiting services, but uh, he'll be in town. That's an official you know, visit. He confirmed that. Uh, Julius, two commits 
for the class already. Julius Davis and Samar Melvin, running back and a cornerback respectively, they will be in town. From uh, then, you know, we hear about uh, from Kettle Moraine. Badgers already have two verbal commitments from two different classes. Blake Wilcox, uh, who we profiled last week on Bucky's fifth quarter, kicker punter, and you also have the four-star offensive lineman Trey Wedig, uh, who is 2020 class. And uh, then, you know, you also have a third player right now, Jake Rock. He is going to be visiting. I confirm that. And with, uh, with you know, I confirm that basically. And, and so he is kind of a tight end, defensive lineman uh, type, and, and we'll see what he has really and, and you know what, what happens from there but he's got a number of fcs offers from north dakota state western illinois drake uh, those are those have popped up uh 2020 recruits i mean those are some these are some of the bigger names in my opinion uh you have a four-star kid max johnson that name's familiar he uh really badgers offered him he is the son of, of former nfl quarterback brad johnson and he's got a bunch of offers from the who's who georgia miami florida state lsu michigan others so uh, you also have uh, eight, you also have uh, from Colorado, it's Aiden uh, Kiana Ayana. Uh, I hope I, I I gosh I butchered that. I apologize for that. But four star defensive lineman out of Denver, really intriguing prospect. Again, a lot of offers: Notre Dame, UCLA, Colorado, Nebraska, Ohio State, and others there. And then you also have an outside linebacker from Minnesota, Caden Johnson, and he's a four star player. Uh, by 24-7 sports and rivals, uh, and he's a three-star pa- prospect and the number 249 player in the 2020 class so far by ESPN. So uh, a lot of Big Ten schools, Minnesota, home state Minnesota, Iowa, Nebraska, Purdue, a lot of the Big Ten West schools obviously already are in uh, in offering him, but we'll see what comes of it. But he confirmed with me yesterday on Thursday night that he was going to make it back in town, and they're looking at him as an, as an outside linebacker. So... We will see what happens there. I'm sure there are more. Uh, make sure you get check with Bucky's fifth quarter for that. Uh, I will say pub to uh, badgerblitz.com. Our friends at the rival site there, John McNamara, does an amazing job there. Well worth a subscription to to his site. Uh, and also John Veldheis, good friend of the show. And then, you know, Badger 24-7, 24-7 Sports, Evan Flood as well. Um, you know, there if you're into recruiting, great sites nonetheless. But what we'll do uh, now, let's go to AJ Taylor before we wrap up the show. Uh, I thought he had some great t- discussion points in, in terms of improving and then also what he saw out of Illinois' defensive backs. And then we'll wrap up the show from there. So without further ado, here's wide receiver AJ Taylor talking to reporters and being played on Bucky's fifth podcast. So looking back at what happened Saturday night, did they do anything different schematically to you guys than you had seen throughout the first five games of the season? Um, no, they didn't really do anything different scheme-wise. We kind of knew they were going to come out with different coverages each play. Like, they weren't going to really play the same thing once. They kind of really mix it up. Um, you know, they played their same, you know, way. They just, uh, we just made some mistakes. We made a lot of mistakes. When it comes to, you know, it's the way that they're, how do you assess the wide receivers, how, how you guys have played, you know, through the first six games and what, what stood out to you and in your personal performance, but also just as a, as a group and, and how you guys are developing? I, I feel like we've played, you know, we played well, we've did what we needed to do. Um, at the same time, we've also made mistakes. And uh, I just think the biggest thing, you know, for this game was like the mistakes we made, it's tough. You can't really do that against, you know, good teams like Michigan because they can keep running it up. And we just, you know, we 
we didn't capitalize on, you know, certain plays. And for me, I mean, you know, a big one that stands out is, you know, that drop there. And uh, I forgot when. But that drop, you know, that was like a mistake that I focus on. That, you know, I can't make that happen. And we got to, I just got to execute better and focus up more. Just little things like that. Is there a specific <coughs> reason that you saw looking back why the passing game struggled as much as it did? Um, you know, looking back at it, I just think you know, it, it was a, uh, it was like a whole as a, like a team thing, you know. Maybe you know, backs maybe missed uh, protection, or you know, line might missed a protection, or just little things like that, or you know, QB and the receiver were off on a pass, or Q, uh, receiver might have run a different type of route than the QB was thinking. It's just little things like that that kind of messed us up in the game. When you go back and watch the tape, like what's, what's the feeling like when you watch it? When you look at it, is it like, man, if we clean a couple of these things up, you know, we'll be right back where we want to be? Or is it, man, like, yeah. like it's more of a negative thing? No, it's, we need to clean things up. Once we clean things up and we can, like, we actually, like, execute the plays and the adjustments to the plays and all that, I believe we'll be, you know, right, like, right where we need to be. And we could have, we could have came out, you know, dominant in the game. How many, key mistakes. Sorry. How many times will you watch that before it's out of your system? Oh, shoot. We watched it yesterday, and it's done. Um, Sunday, we, we, we watched it. We critiqued it. We learned from it, and now it's over. Moving on to Illinois. We can't let the game beat us twice. When it comes to Illinois, I know on paper with the stats, this doesn't look pretty for, the, for their defense, but looking at, I mean, they also are one of the best in the nation taking, taking away the ball and turning turning it over and creating yeah. opportunities for their offense. But what, what have you seen on, you know, from the, the Illinois secondary and, yeah. and the defense as a whole? Well, first, for their DBs, they're young, but, like, they play hard. Um, they compete. That's another thing I love. Like, I love when we play teams that compete because it just it elevates your level, uh, elevates your game. But though they're DBs, they compete for the ball. They don't just let things, you know, come to you. They're gonna fight. You're gonna have to work for it. It's gonna be kind of, you know, similar to Michigan. We're gonna have to make contested plays. We're gonna have to make beat our, our win our one-on-one -on -one matchups and stuff like that. Problem. Say homecoming week. What does homecoming week mean to you when it comes? I know it's not the same as homecoming yeah. as yeah, high yeah. school, right? But like, what does it mean just seeing some, maybe some former alumni in town or whatnot? Yeah, it just—I mean—it really brings back the kind of the tradition of you know Wisconsin. You see the guys that have played here, and you know like they're amped up and ready to watch, and kind of just playing for them and playing for the tradition of like Wisconsin. And I mean, really, my fam comes, my family comes, so I, you know it's good to play in front of them too. When it comes to you, I mean, you guys walk through the arch, you know, before the game, walk through the arch or at Camp Randall. In your opinion, who's the best dressed? Ooh, the best dressed. Mm. <laughs> well, I'm going to let you guys pick, but the two that debate about it the most, and I think probably, you know, are up there is Eric Burrell and Jake Ferg. They, they kind of bring it sometimes. I don't know if they'll bring it. I don't know when they'll bring it, but sometimes when they do, it looks good, and I mean, really, they kind of compete for number two because I'm probably the best dress. <laughs> <laughs> I heard David Edwards was telling me about, about Ferguson. Cool yeah, Ferguson yeah. And Socks, them, them too, yeah. They do it. They can do that. And that will do it here on Bucky's fifth podcast. Again, that was A.J. Taylor. And be sure to like us on Facebook. Go to Twitter at B5Q, at B5Q. Check out B5Q Photos, by the way, on Twitter, as well as, you know, go check out our Instagram page, 
that'll have some little game day photos up and, and we bust those out and we have a lot of fun. Matt Fleming's done an amazing job and we'll also have someone for basketball coming up as well. So that's going to be a lot of fun too. So, uh, you know, for this podcast, please listen on iTunes, on Google play, tune in on the tune in app. We're, we're here for you guys and, and we want to hear, give us feedback, help, help, help us boost this up and make this the most Badger centric podcast out there. And, uh, it, it is great to, to be back and, and doing this podcast weekly and just give us feedback. We want to know what we can do to make this better. And, and when you subscribe, it's free. Let me just say that it doesn't cost you a dang thing. Uh, this is a free site. This is your free source for all Wisconsin Badgers news notes and analysis from there. So uh, I'm going to wrap it up here because I have to go to my autograph signing for walk on this way. Hopefully once this gets up in a matter of about 10 minutes, you'll guys will be out there and uh, hopefully I'll meet and greet with you guys. If not, there'll be other opportunities too. And I'll be up in the press box tomorrow uh, with Matt Fleming down on the field, taking photographs. Uh, Enjoy homecoming weekend. If you're down there here in Madison, we'll talk to you guys soon. This has been another edition of Bucky's fifth podcast.